0: Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one. This is coming to you from uh, downtown New York, Lafayette Street, the offices of ModOp, where I'm joined by creative director Audra Pace. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: A pleasure, of course. And we were, just before I hit record, we were talking about the whole content thing and uh, how brands can use content, how they should use content these days. But before we really dive into that, maybe you could... For any of our readers who don't know Modop, just give us a sketch of what you do. Sure. So
1: we're we're a 360 uh, agency that partners with brands. Um, our powerhouse strengths are creative, technology, and strategy. Um, we're across five cities, uh, which is New York, Portland, uh, Los Angeles, Miami, and Panama City. Uh, New York and Los Angeles are are sort of the powerhouse creative offices. We kind of handle the bigger brand assignments. Uh, Portland is where our technology um, strength is. So we do a lot of the front end development and design out of there. Um, Nike is one of our clients, so uh, the Portland office really s- services Nike quite uh, not not exclusively, but mm-hmm. but pretty intensely. Um, Miami is where our social uh, and strategy and SEO um, uh, departments are are led and run. So we work. Um, cross-functionally across all of the offices and most of our campaigns will require us to do some work with Portland and a little bit of it out of Miami. We all work together, but we kind of keep the core strengths in different places. Panama City, Panama is where we um, have outsourced our uh, back-end technological development. So our dev team is down there, but they are uh, not a separate company, they're part of us. Okay.
0: Now, I understand the creative side of course, what are you doing in terms of technology?
1: Um, so we we do quite a number of different types of assignments for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft and, and Nike are big digital clients for us. For Microsoft, we do... Um, a lot of their in-store s- screen experiences oh, okay, yeah. um, so and one that is actually about to roll out immediately is the Microsoft uh, wall which is the flat uh, the flagship store if you go up right. Fifth Avenue Heard about that actually. yeah so they've got uh, a very very large screen that's outside because of the zoning laws in New York um, they can't brand it with anything which is mm, uh, an agency creatives dream <laughs> because there's no it's basically just an art art a, a cultural art surface yeah. um, and it's just meant to sort of stop people walking by and surprise and delight them um, with with whatever Microsoft you know wants um, and during the holidays we do we've done a couple of years now this great uh, really beautiful fun holiday display that's a huge um, animation exercise that we do every year um, so that's one thing and that's more on the experiential end um, We've done a digital experience for Nike really recently. We do a number of different projects for them, but one very successful one recently was um, a Nike basketball uh, website experience that they their challenge was moving product in terms of basketball shoes. Everybody wants to buy Jordans, like the mm-hmm. most famous player. People select yeah. their shoes based on which player they love. Um, and we came to them with a strategy that would help flip the script a little bit and move some different product um, by creating a digital almost game-like experience uh, where you selected where on the court you play yeah. and that gave you um, like a persona and that persona was connected to a shoe. So making it less about the, the uh, player and a little bit more about your game and how you play and how you want to play and then we came up with all of these titles like I'm the elevator, or I'm the hybrid, um, things that the user could identify with Um, latch onto and love and and that was pretty effective. It was also gorgeously designed uh, by our LA and Portland
0: team. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk more about content because of course back in the day a brand would come to an agency, there'd be a discussion about a campaign and the, the agency would go off and do the creative thing and there it was. It's a much more complicated world now. There are brands who are looking more and more like publishers there's all, there are all the social channels, there's user-generated content, which brands can tap into. There's a lot going on, isn't there? I mean, give me some examples of how you're working with brands to really publish content these days.
1: Sure, so, uh, I mean, content is everything now, and I think the key to creating great content is being medium agnostic, mm-hmm. um, and seeing every single surface as, as an opportunity to tell a story, uh, which is why campaigns are a little bit more cohesive probably now than they've been in the past, or, or really effective ones are. Um, and they also are a little bit sharper and, and tailored. So while your narrative can go across multiple mediums, obviously the way that you digest the information uh, or the information that you're looking for is you're getting different things out of different places. So an out-of-home campaign is probably always going to be the place to, to sell your brand, more than the opportunity to do a direct response, hard hit marketing, um, because nobody's really going to latch onto it just outside in the same way that they will when it's on their phone and they're ready to make a purchase. Um, so I think that's, that's something that we work with brands to help draw those lines and distinctions when we create campaigns. Um, we tend to work both at the very high brand level as well as at, at the direct response level. So it really varies, um, Let's go back to what the question was. Though. Yeah. Well, I just,
0: <laughs> what I'm thinking of—is this all part of a kind of uh, a trend whereby consumers don't really want just to be advertised at. Ad. They don't want to just get a message for everyone. They want to have an experience, and often they want to have an interactive experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what um, I think that's what the that's what advertising is now, right? An ad it, that's static is is just not. It's not the same story that it used to be. It doesn't speak to people the same way. I think um, when we talk about content, it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, a 10-minute video, um, and nor does it need to be a post from a social influencer. Actually, that Nike uh, right. example that I just gave you is a great example of content um, where it's something that immerses the user, it engages them personally, um, it allows them to play around and find themselves in it, and then right. from that, they, they can like, connect with the brand at the very end. Um, so I think when we think about what content is, depending on what the brand goal is and the communication strategy is, uh, there's a lot of different ways that it, it comes together. Um, you know, what's effective and what's not certain brands, I think still really need large scale, big campaigns. I mean, Mm -hmm. it depends on the, a lot of, it really depends on what kind of brand it is, what their need is a lot of our. Uh, Work in in in-house here in the New York office right now is actually in hospitality Um, And we love these projects. I particularly love them because it's it's lifestyle. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It's sexy. It's travel um, It's very glossy. It's very high-end while you know on the fly quick social executions are mandatory for them um, That's the kind of brand that truly benefits from the investment of a big uh, campaign and thoughtful, well-produced content.
0: Right, they, they, they have a, an image of glamour maybe, they want it to all look glossy and wonderful and luxurious, so that's kind of the quality end. Right. But when we're talking about um, social media and how important that is these days, a lot of um, the social content which takes off, goes viral, is actually not high quality, is it? So what's the tension here?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting um, and that to me is a, is a strategy exercise Uh, more than anything else. So, yeah, right now you've got a bunch of kids uh, who, you know, people put phones in their hand, give them an initiative, give them a very, very small amount of money, and they produce content that looks like crap to the (laughs) trained eye. It really doesn't look good, Um, but it performs through the roof because it feels real, it's visceral, it's in the moment, um, and it's just exciting. Uh, and there's definitely a place for that. I don't, I think that's important. That's an important stream. I think what's even more important is to realize what that does and how that works for your brand to be able to use it the most effectively. Um, and then figure out what other communications do you want, um, to, to relay and to get into, uh, to also build out the brand. So it's not really ever just about a single piece of content. Um, I don't totally agree with the philosophy of, we don't need these production budgets anymore. There's a place and time for that. Um, and I think that comes a little bit higher up at the brand level. Um, you know, It's important to consider that those social posts that perform really well, they also kind of disappear within 24 hours or 48 hours. So right. it's a quick hit that often happens with influencers. Uh, it's undeniable how important it is, and, and every brand really needs to start baking that in and thinking about how to get small wins to sustain these bigger brand initiatives. But then they also have to have the bigger brand initiative come down um, and imbue, you know, the brand with a greater sense of quality um, and and communicate, make a stronger communication point rather than what tends to come out of a single influencer, which is like a single perspective.
0: Yeah, not not every social media moment is an ice bucket challenge. There are a lot right. of that just come and go.
1: Right, and and you know, look, optimization is also part of that story now too. Uh, we can basically make our ads, um, you know, test them constantly and keep optimizing them. Until they perform better and better and better and better. However, there's a there's a quote from Alan Watts that I return to all the time as a Buddhist philosopher, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> which is, um, uh, you know, if you sharpen a knife too finely, it begins to wear away. Mm. Um, a lot of the stickiness and staying power um, is not something that can be like mental staying power is not uh, something that you can measure. As you're doing some of these more baseline analytics um, and optimization. So you might be making something more and more readable or clickable, um, but as you're doing that, are you actually generalizing it so the language actually just looks more similar and similar to other things that people have clicked in the past? Um, You know, does it, is it still standing out? So something like a strange call to action, um, you know, you you would ultimately end up homogenizing that sometimes. You've got to be aware aware of what you're doing when you optimize something. Uh, You know, so you end up like homogenizing that call to action to look a lot more like everything else probably gets more clicks. Do people remember the brand as well um, as they right. would have if it were a little bit more jarring or disruptive? Uh, so again, it's, that's always a balance of the the creative spark versus the measurement of it um, and the progress of it.
0: That's very interesting because uh, te- technology now allows us to continuously optimize. Yeah. And I talk to people who say, you just... Artificial intelligence you just set this up and let it run and it will test around the clock and it will keep Optimizing your message. You're suggesting there might be diminishing returns because it optimizes it into like every message.
1: Well, it optimizes it into This happens all the time in market research as well. This is probably a better analog for it um, Invariably when you test campaigns in market research The focus groups almost never select the most disruptive one Okay. Ever. Um, and the brands that are really, really strong and powerful brands like Nike um, are ones that don't really spend a lot of time or put as much importance or don't put all of the importance on that test group. Because mm. what people will invariably choose as the best, and I'm making quote marks right now um, for, for the podcast <laughs> listeners, um, what people choose as the best campaign is usually the one that looks most like a campaign. I see. It looks what most like expect. what they've seen and what yeah. they expect. Yeah, so, that's great, uh, but does it th- that's wonderful if that's what you're trying to do. Um, I'll think what a lot of brands are trying to do now though, is not make as much or make the same kind of noise that yeah. everyone's surrounded with. Um, so there are still, and this is you know a creative is always going to tell you this over and over again. Mm-hmm. There are things that you have to make by hand. There are risks that you always have to take um, and if they're the right risks and they're on strategy and they make sense for your communication plan, Um, you're going to be rewarded for them. The brand's going to be rewarded every time. Uh, And then you've got testing and measurement to make sure that you can, don't go too far, you can stay on on strategy, you can meet your objectives, but you're also able to, like, elevate your brand, push it into the next level, separate from from the rest of the noise that's happening, uh, which is lots and lots of content on lots and lots of channels for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective because what I hear... uh, week in, week out now is how machines are going to be doing the testing and the optimization. but it sounds like the risk of that is they drive everything towards a kind of a sameness because the machines learn as they go along, they learn that people will go for this, and everything gets kind of averaged out, but you're suggesting there's room for a human element to identify the opportunity to take a risk. And do something which is a little bit unforeseen.
1: Right. And to, I mean, when you just get infinite noise and clutter, yeah. um, it's perspective, right, is always going to be the thing that stands out and that stays with people. Uh, it's So, one of our clients actually that we did a positioning, a brand positioning exercise with is, is Viceland Television. And oh, the yeah. best um, thing about working with them was that they hold uh, the human factor and made by humans. Um, as like that is the closest thing to their brand it's deeply important to them mm-hmm. they don't want it to feel like something that's any, anything else on TV they don't want it to feel like it's been tested and looked at they want it to feel like it's um, it's real, it's intimate, it's personal and, yep. and because of it they have an army of rabid fans um, granted it's a very very specific brand so that army of rabid fans is not going to be the same scale as other brands I think that's not the intention um, for brands that are big though the same ethos can be applied. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's, that's only about staying small. I think bigger brands are the ones who generally are willing to be um, pioneers in some ways in terms of how they'll play with content, how they'll play with storytelling, how they have confidence in creating a true brand voice uh, and, and sticking to it and letting it grow over time.
0: Yeah, just to sort finish up, there's this risk isn't there that we'll be drowning content in the sense that it's just getting harder and harder because there's so much of it there for anything to stand out. I mean, are we going, are we heading for a kind of content doomsday where you can put anything out there and it just won't <laughs> grab attention?
1: Um, I mean, I think yes slash absolutely not. <laughs> um, here's, here's why uh, not. Nah. Um, brands? Not every brand needs to hit every single medium, right? Like, if I want to talk to you, Kim, I don't need to LinkedIn message you, Facebook friend you, right. <laughs> email you, text you and like, like leave a message on your SoundCloud account, okay. um, you know, and and brands don't need to do that either. So again, it comes back to a, um, having a solid content strategy and communication platform. You know, not everybody has to have a micro influencer campaign just because that's what to do right now. Yeah. Um, and we figured out that, you know, having people with 30 million viewers, um, or, or followers is not uh, as effective as maybe somebody with 125 or whatever. So now everybody's going to pull out from that that million dollars that they were paying this influencer, drop a little bit less into that influencer, and think that that's going to solve the problem. Um, I think it's like pick your pick your channels, pick what's ownable for you and what makes sense. Um, if you're if your target's on Facebook, be on Facebook. If your target's on Snapchat, go be on Snapchat. You don't need to be on both places. In fact, most brands don't necessarily need to be on both places. Um, Do you need to be on broadcast TV? Should you be? Do you need to be on YouTube? Should you be? Um, So I think we're starting to ask those kinds of questions. Uh, Brands like uh, Mr. Porter or Aesop, uh, right? Aesop makes a literary magazine. Um, You know, who would have seen that coming from a soap company? But it actually makes a lot of sense. It's really on brand for them. And there's not a lot of other companies that produce a literary magazine, um, including literary magazines. (laughs) So... (laughs)
0: yeah so it's it's not a matter of being everywhere it's a matter of being in the right place and knowing why you live
1: yeah and i think like be comfortable with with swimming in your lane. i mean obviously test um and and see what else is out there and find other ways to uh grow the brand voice but i i think the key to not creating this just low hum of noise like a yeah. weird bee swarm of content um is is to create your content meaningfully in the in the places where you know you're going to be most resonant Um, and I think any brand can, can win at that, you know, it's, it's the same as, it's the same philosophy that applies to all of us, right? Like don't be all things to all people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everybody will like, will, will like you more for it.
0: Okay. Um, Audra, great insights. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you so much.